to drop acid. It's like, what do I need drugs for? <laughs> I got a microphone. microphone. Uh. And be endlessly amused. <laughs> Here's a cardboard box, Steve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put a cat in it and I'm good for the whole day. <laughs> <laughs> they are pretty entertaining when they're in cardboard boxes. Well, Steve sure. or a cat? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. My old roommate's cat, um, Cupcake. Uh, Cupcake. Yeah. Cupcake. Uh, her daughter named him. Um, but Cupcake was very fun. Cupcake looked a lot like Kit, but was a crazy madman. And So like Kit. Okay, so take Kit. Uh-huh. And, and, yeah, that would get And I'm idea. saying Kit is not a crazy madman. Oh. This cat was a crazy madman. So double Kit's crazy. <laughs> so, so, so Bartholomew. Yeah. 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 So Billy Barty, baby buggy no, bumper. No, Bart's, Barty Brown. Bart's, just, Bart's just a dick. Bart's just a dick. <laughs> yeah, I remember many times, like, uh, when they were standing just hear Barry, like, in with a cat. It's like, ah, asshole. And then he comes out. It's like, my cat's an asshole. I'm like, Yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. but, but, wow. I mean, that's great like, story. That's like because he's a cat. Not all cats are assholes. <laughs> My favorite was coming out. Well, to I should the, say varying degrees of assholishness. Yes, yes. Coming outside to the to the to the couch where Jeff is watching something, and he's and the cat's just staring at him, and he's looking at the cat, and he's like, "I don't understand you, cat. I don't understand what you're looking at. What are you doing? I don't understand." And the cat's just looking at him, and Jeff's just perplexed. <laughs> well it's just I'm sitting there watching TV yeah. and I feel eyes upon me I look around the room and there's Bartimaeus not doing anything just staring I feel eyes upon just staring were you masturbating at the time no oh, okay. Mm. just watching regular television go away Peyton <laughs> and he just sat there for like a good 15 minutes well, you're not moving at all, just staring. You're just a fascinating character. You study. are super interesting, especially to cats. I guess so. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> cats are going. Look at that guy. He's not even all that good at this. <laughs> he just sits there just sits all there. day, watching that box. God, what do you think he's thinking of? Yeah. Is he? Is he even thinking? And then he disappears for hours, and then he comes back and sits there again. The nerve! <laughs> and he brings these strange foods into the house. He's always eating out of a plastic bag. <laughs> and some kind of Thai food or some shit. What is that? Sometimes it's a paper bag. <laughs> what is that strange smell? <sighs> <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number seven hundred and twenty-four. I am Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff. Commander K. Vlarg. With Professor Biggs. And we're here to talk week and geek and uh, Jeff's cat proclivities. That's yes. uh, that's the whole subject of this show. So if that's not your thing, uh, maybe skip to episode seven nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> So, gentlemen, let's just get right to the chase. I want to know what geeky things you did this week 
we'll start with you, Vlarg. What you got? I finally got. I to end it. Never mind. Uh, oh, Steve, Steve, it. what'd you do? No, I'm taking it back. So uh, no, I'm uh, taking it. Uh, so I'm so taking goal, it. Don't you uh, so, unso me, uh, you so bastard! And I'm saying, uh, go ahead. I finally got to play Civ Five with Stephen Biggs. What? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, finally. Well. Yeah, and uh, it's fun playing with another person. Uh, we're playing on the same team. Uh, we got through enough of a game to know that we're going to crush them. So oh, it's like, God. Yeah. so it's like, why play the play out the rest of Who it? Who them? The other AI Civs. AI Civs. Oh my God! They they're, they're I thought I was pitiful in this particular game. When we, when <laughs> oh, we you are. Yeah, when we finally oh, see, I was just telling Kay what you have seen. What you have seen is is a typical Steve Biggs Civ game. The over analysis and the, the mm -hmm. oh oh, mm, I don't know if I want to. Uh, and then the Civ and then the enemy Civs just come in and just plant cities right in your shit, right in my shit, <laughs> until until I build up enough tech that I'm about. And then I just where we're at right now is is not only have we taken over the continent that we were on together. What was the other Civ there? Alexander? Yeah. Yeah. Wiped him off the continent. But then we finally discovered the other continent that has all the other Civs on it. I want to explore a sentence you said there. Where we are right now. So this game is still ongoing. Well, we haven't officially decided, and we're done with it. But I, okay. I kind of am, because it's like, now it's just, a, it's just a waiting game. Yeah. It's just waiting to slowly take over the rest of the world. Yeah. Screw it. Now it's time to graduate to the next difficulty level yeah and that's when you no longer work together <laughs> oh no, yeah. no no that's that's the end then that's when i crush steve biggs and, and grind him into well, the ground and like salt i was saying what he, what he, me. yeah what he has seen is is a typical steve biggs game i sit there i piss and moan about all these other uh <laughs> civs who are who are loading up cities right next to me and so god i need to go to war with them but i i'm only getting one goal to turn i can't build up any armies oh god and and then once I finally get through that frustrating part, now I'm at the place where we again we found this other continent. So far ahead in tech, I'm just gonna I'm I now am on parity with Barry so far as how many cities I have. And from here on it would just be me taking over that other continent. Because one of the things over there is we're in we're well into the twentieth century. And these other sieves have maybe three cities each. It's weird. And there is wide open spaces on that continent. What level are you playing? Oh, it's like King. King. It's, it's lame. It's like level four or something like that. Yeah. So we're going to kick it up another notch and we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Although I probably... Uh, but see, Barry did give me some good pointers about... Uh, my whole thing is I like to build cities on the coast, which may not be the most advantageous place to put You don't always cities. have to. You just you have to go for resources. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, and you have to take cities where you know the AI is going to want them. <laughs> yes. Because otherwise, they're going to get really good because otherwise, Rome is going to build a city right between two of your other cities. Like he did. Yeah. And, and said, that was it. That was and then it. Steve's like, okay, well, I guess we're going to war. Great. So I got, I'm mustering all these forces. And Steve's got like, oh, now hold on. I'm going to move these two guys down. I'm like, come on, man. Who's fighting this war? <laughs> they were both composite bowmen. Jesus. <laughs> anyway, so we got to play again. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, I've also been playing a shitload of Hades. Thank you, Torgo, for it's that. It's a good game. It's a good game. It is. I played around just before I came over here. Um, really getting through it this time. Better than I did last time uh, I played it, which was a couple years ago. 
holds up. And I know they're making a Hades too, and I don't know when that's coming out. Yeah. So I don't think I'm any like, of us really truly know. Yeah, no, it comes out when it comes out, and I'm happy to wait. Yes. Because they put out a quality product. Boy, yeah, they do. Oh, the music alone. God. Oh, Talk so about a time sink, though. It's like, I'll do one more turn. That turn takes a half oh, hour. Oh, an hour. Yeah. I, t- I timed it. It takes an hour? It takes about an hour to go from Tartarus all the way up to Persephone. Okay. Yeah, that's an hour. So, um, been playing a lot of Minecraft, playing Decked Out 2 on the server. If you're mm-hmm. not playing Minecraft, get in on it. Steve, learn how to move. Um <laughs> If they could, if I could build diagonals, I would. Uh, whatever. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's it's exactly like uh, Tango's game. It's hard as hell. My rate, it, my win rate's like four. That's better than the two you had last week. Yeah, but I also lost like three or four more times too. Aha. It's rough. But uh, people are jumping on now. It's time to jump back on and play some decked out too. If you're listening to this, just join the Kofi. Even at the lowest level, everyone gets Minecraft access. Just what is, what is the lowest level again? Why the lowest level is Minecraft level, which is the five dollar a month. Five dollars only. Five dollars. Man, that's 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 half a meal at McDonald's these and days. And you know, there's a new added. There's a new bonus for Kofi members. You get to ridicule Steve Biggs's Civ Five playing method. <laughs> now on our Discord, does the five dollars include teaching you how to use WASD? Uh, you can try to tell Biggs how to use WASD. I mean, okay. feel free. And that's fine. But he still doesn't want to play a game where he can't use di- diagonals. Yeah. Motion to the table to rename the $5 level the WASD level. <laughs> <laughs> All Nay. those in favor? Aww. Nay. Oh, I like, yes. Vlarg's four-point uh, vote tally nay <laughs> totally takes it. <laughs> Um, otherwise, I didn't really do a whole lot more geek. All right, Jeff, what'd you do? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> apart from watching some football this weekend, <sighs> going to get it out of the way now. Get yes. it out of the way. I knew it was yeah. coming. Yeah. Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl. There yeah. you go. It's I have beef. Good time to be. What you have we'll beef? When we get to me. Oh, why, what, what do you have beef? <laughs> no, 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 All, right. All right. Sports ball, sports ball. Sports ball. You want to piss yes. off Jeff? He only, he's only a Chiefs fan because Taylor Swift's a Chiefs fan. That's what I hear. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I could care less about I. You know. Oh, oh so, you do, wow. so you do care a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll just put it this way right now. So, so easy. <laughs> they seem to genuinely. So for those that don't know, because it's all over the place now. <laughs> Who doesn't know? Yeah. Ta- Taylor Swift and Travis Chad, Kelsey. Chad, didn't you know? <laughs> Travis Kelsey, who plays for the Chiefs, and Taylor Swift, the world's most famous female, are dating. And they have been for a while now. It's like, I guess since before the season started. But um, people, are, especially certain sects of the population, are really, sexual really upset about it and i'm like why what does it matter so stupid well it, it's it's a lot of it boils down to she's a very successful businesswoman she's probably got the most wealth of anyone in her arena okay and i think people just get jealous of that fact she sings and the pop songs and made some biden cookies she once. makes she makes a lot of people happy and uh she has gotten a lot of people to register to vote, which upsets 
a lot of oh, a lot of it is. politicians yes, the because it is. they can't rally the same kind of support she does. So obviously there's that level of hate, but within the NFL, it's kind of ironic. People have been upset with the decline of NFL viewership, and the viewership is actually up this year uh, by a lot. Wasn't it record-breaking, that last yes. one? Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, and yet competitive eating can't get any lower. Right. No. Bullshit. Yeah. Well, it's got to get chestnut off the goddamn stage. Let someone else take some some heat. Yeah. Yeah, let's get Taylor up there chowing yes. down on some hot dogs. <laughs> yes. Now, Joey Chestnut really has no authentic challengers anymore he's just so far ahead of everybody he he was there was a fucking bagel eating contest (laughs) here in town and he i if i remember correctly he's here fuck it he beat the next closest person by like 15 bagels 15 (laughs) bagels i can't i can barely eat one bagel let alone i think he had something like 40? I'm in because it's, it's I, ridiculous. I've, I've had two bagels, no problem. <laughs> All right, well, so, you, you, I'll let you go up against Joey Chestnut. Let's be clear about see. Chestnut, okay? He makes he made $500,000 last year, according yes. to Wikipedia. He's 40 years Holy old, he's a competitive shit. eater, also a civil engineer. Uh, oh, well, that said, he's figured out the, the structure. Yeah. This is yeah. a structure. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> his highest record is 76 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes. What? Yeah, yeah, it's insane. Uh, Good. Oh God! Although I would like to watch the bagel eating contest between Commander K and '80s Jeff. That I, would be you know, what's funny. Enjoyable. Uh, how do I It'll join this like guy's cool Luke fan club? Uh, I don't know how many people remember friend of the show Doug X, but yeah. um, oh, that's right. I actually got to go watch a hot dog eating competition where Doug X participated, and of course, the two leading hot dog eaters at the time were Joey Chestnut. And Kobayashi. And holy shit could those two guys eat. It's insane. I I, I I was... It's like watching a train wreck in slow motion. Like, just sitting there and it's like, you're disgusted, but you can't turn away. Oh, I can turn away. Real easy. I'm just sitting it's there so and I'm gross. like... It's so gross. It's disgusting. But... Now, yeah. on these hot dogs, there's something that just occurred to me. And I don't know why I never thought of it before. Oh, yeah, because I don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, is it just hot dogs and buns, or are yes. there condiments? Just hot dogs, just hot dogs and, buns. and buns. Dipped okay. in some kind of water. liquid, usually. Water. They dip the buns in water, so they basically get all the air out so that they can have more space in their stomach. And it goes down faster. It does go down faster. That's Although, what I tell all my dates. Wet bread is... That's <laughs> why <laughs> so he keeps the water by his bed. Yeah. Now, there's also Mickey Sudo. <laughs> Mickey Sudo also uh, did uh, 76 hot dogs and buns. Good on her. Good on her, yeah. But anyway, Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl, so I'm very happy about that. I'm happy for you, Jeff. What geeky it's things a, you do this week? Uh, actually, I do have something to talk about, geeky. I watched a movie called Roleplay on Amazon Prime oh, Video. Oh, that's on my radar. Uh, oh, I'm glad you did. I want to know about this. The movie stars Kaylee Cuoco and David, and I'm going to murder this name, and I apologize in advance, Oyelowo? Oyelowo. Oyelowo? Yeah, he's Oyelowo. also Bass Reeves. He's, uh, yes, gonna say, just, he, I was just about to say he plays Bass Reeves in that series, and he's a very fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. You know who else is in that? Uh, well, uh, I know that Connie Nielsen is in it. Mm-hmm. But other than that, those are the ones. Well, Bill Nighy has that, a Bill Nighy. That's it. Everything's uh, better with Nighy. What is this about? <laughs> so, 
Quoco and Eloio play. <laughs> See what I did there? I feel vindicated. I'm vindicated. Play oh, Emma, play Emma oh, no, no, and no, no, Dave, no, no. a New Jersey suburban couple. And they're raising their two kids. But it turns out Emma is also a secret assassin. Um, semi-retired because she's only doing the assassinations to keep her uh, her fixer funded so that he can keep her off of the radar of uh, this assassination group that she quit that's coming after her. Ah. So, because uh, she just wants to live her life with her family, etc. And, of course, chaos ensues as you... You know, it's it's a storyline we've seen before. You know, the semi-retired assassin wants a normal life, but it's entertaining. It's fun, um, and the 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 title role play comes from you know she does typically dress up in costumes, but for their anniversary this year, they decide to role play as a couple strangers. They meet in a hotel and have their anniversary, but it just so happens that somebody who is also an assassin spots her and tries to kill her and of course you know that leads to the Wacky rest of the chaos. exactly exactly <laughs> um it sounds like it belongs in the john wick universe it's a little or, more or the, it, the it's, there's a little more com and uh, <laughs> not like outright comedy but there's a little more comedy to it than you would typically have in a john wick film you so. could do that in the wick universe no uh, you could but i mean there are one or two subtle jokes yeah that's true wick. fair enough <laughs> But uh, I, I found it very entertaining, but there's a couple of reasons why I bring this up. Um, I, it had been on my radar for a while. I finally sat down and watched it. But what's really fascinating, and I know we've talked about it on the show, when I opened up the Prime Video app, uh -oh. first thing that it pops up, it says, there have been changes to our policy. Uh -huh. Click here. And it clicks you to a screen that says, we are now an ad-driven service. Yeah, saw that. It's like, do you wish to continue or go ad-free? And I'm like, I'll bite. Let's see what ad-free is because I couldn't remember. It's $3 a month. Yeah. Yeah. 36 bucks a year for a service I'm already paying for. Yeah. yeah. That, you, that you had ad-free a week ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, I thought, I'll give it a shot. See if the ads are not too bad. The ads are bad. It's freebie. It's freebie, yeah. dude. It's, yeah. Well, Amazon owns freebie. So exactly. there's your reason why. So, dumbass Jeff goes, I really want to watch this movie, and there are other things that I want to watch on Prime Video, you know, having just finished Reacher. I guess $36 a year isn't too bad. And now I'm having that, you know, buyer's remorse, because fuck you, Amazon Prime, for going ad-driven, because it's a service we're already paying for. Yeah. It's the Netflix model, and fuck you, Netflix, for starting it. Right now... Wait a minute. Netflix isn't that bad. They have an ad-free version, which they raise their prices to reflect if you want to continue ad-free on Netflix. They would it now costs you more. The companies would rather you do ads because they make more from yes. ad, ad, ad revenue. They make a like, lot you know, more. TV, cable. Yeah. You know, the they things, make the things we thought we were getting away from by getting streaming in the yeah. first place. So guess what? Streaming services are now just as bad as cable was back in the day. Mm -hmm. And in fact, in many cases, more expensive than cable. So fuck you, studios, and fuck you, streaming services. But Jeff, as uh, our right-wing uh, anarcho-capitalist libertarian friends would say, 
this is sounds like a great economic opportunity for you. Oh, really? Yeah. And how would that be an economic you opportunity for 80s me? create 80s plus mm-hmm. the ad-free <laughs> streaming service. Oh. And then just never sell it to a corporation. What would be on 80s plus? Well, Whatever 80s he movies. can get. <clears throat> well, de- so well, nothing then. Basically, well, <laughs> there'll be nothing on my service because I can't afford any of the licensing. You can probably afford Airwolf. <laughs> <laughs> no, like that's on or two. That's on Peacock already. Uh, Don't ask me how I know that. You can, you can afford Wizards and Warriors. You can afford Auto Man. Wizards and Warriors. Oh. Manimal. Yeah. Fucking Manimal. <laughs> the TV Auto Man. Star Man. Tales of the Gold Monkey. Yeah. Ooh, Tales of the Gold Monkey. I used to like Tales that show. Tales of the Gold. Uh, it was, like, it was like it was like Indiana Jones light, but he could fly an airplane. Yeah, and land. Misfits of science. These are ones that you can afford. Misfits Jeff. of science. Yeah. That's a good oh yeah. One. Yeah. Charles in charge. Early. No. Courtney Cox. No. You, you no couldn't Charles afford in Charles in charge. No, I just don't like Charles in charge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ugly couch show. Hey, Charles. Hey. And that wasn't the eighties. At least she's the sheriff. You can at least do that. You know, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you pull that one from? <laughs> you don't want to know. No, you don't. Yeah. So anyway, you can't afford Alice, but you can't afford Flo. Yeah. Can't afford Three's Company, but you can afford Three's Crowd. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's uh, that's and everyone gets Small Wonder for free. So oh that's yeah. All good. yeah. God, they could do so much a, a better updated version of Small Wonder. No. They could, but they won't. won't and shouldn't no, ever. They won't. Yeah. No. That, just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> you could make an actual serious show. Oh, wait. They already did that ex machina. Yep. There you are. Anything else, Jeff? <laughs> uh, that's all I got. Steve. All right. So, oh, uh, shit. He was, he was getting into that, that position of, I'm going to take gonna, this for a while. I'm going to talk a lot now. <laughs> yep. So, well, actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> I really only just have a couple of things. I know what one of them is. Yep. Star Trekking in Vegas with Goldie and Biggs premiered uh, this last Sunday. It has begun. It you, has begun. Let me Let me just say, before you get too deep, I was literally having anxiety watching your show because I was flashing back to our early episodes, which it's a challenge getting that first episode started, isn't oh, it? Oh, it sure is. <laughs> it's, and we that, were... I'm trying. I, I'm trying not to He's sound disparaging. I'm trying. I'm trying this. to sound encouraging, but oh. oh my god, it was giving me anxiety. Going, yeah, I'm no, like, no. I remember this kind of stuff. I yeah. love. We have to start collecting Jeff cover blurbs because they are always fabulous. <laughs> Uh, you know, Goldie and Biggs on Star Trek, and, and and the cover blurb from Jeff is, I was having anxiety watching this show. <laughs> no, we, we are well aware of the tech issues going on in that in that show. Uh, we did a mic, we did a sound check, we had a remote guest, John Paladin, who, hit, as I already mentioned last week, has done makeup for some Star Trek, you know, fan films, and he usually does... JG uh, Hertzler's um, convention makeup, convention makeup, yep. and did Robin Curtis and et cetera, et cetera, of Gods and Men and a few other things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we did a we did a sound check before you know before the show was fine. That's the way it always goes, man. I tr- then, trust me, I know. Once we went to, went to him, he couldn't hear us. We couldn't hear him. Uh, he switched mics, and it was, and then this no, and then the sound had issues. I'll just say that. Um, 
to the point where if you I'm I haven't watched it yet, but I'm guessing you'll see a lot of shots of me doing this. That we don't. <laughs> God damn it, Steve. <laughs> this hate dumbass you're on the radio not television moment was sponsored by Mad Martron remember kids we can't see shit so make a goddamn noise and speak to the mic Steve Steve oh, see, see, was Steve's cringe here's face here's the thing yeah no it wasn't a cringe face it was it was a confusion face yeah it was okay. it was I think I'm getting every other word face oh. but anyway but see here's the problem yesterday I, I I was on camera so there yeah you go. he was <laughs> what uh, are you filming in a studio yeah. or okay yeah so it's... you think they'd have these problems ironed out what the fuck like I say we did a sound check before we started yeah. did you have like an engineer in there with yeah. you yeah they did they're fucking fired no it's his, it's his uh, it's his studio yeah um, oh, and no it, it I the mm. I love me some John Paladin our but our view is that it wasn't on our end because we did do that sound check. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, we think we think in order for him. Wow, I just saw a bus run over John Paladin. Yeah, I really know. Weird. Sorry about that. that was Sorry. Really, <laughs> but, really. But I, from? Yeah, but I think I think you know whatever the issue was. We think he changed microphones because of the I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Blah blah blah. So we think he changed microphones and headsets or something. We don't know. Anyway, the sound was good. Good before we started. A little muffly when we actually got going. But how did the show go? Because I didn't get a chance to listen to it yet. I, the show itself is oh, you gotta watch it. That's uh, right, yeah, the show itself. It, uh, we thought went okay for a first show that we did. Sort of you know minimal prep on. Um, you know, it was like a, the sound. <laughs> like the sound. You did minimal uh, minimal prep on your on your first show. Well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Goldie, you're going to want to talk to Steve about pimping. <laughs> well, because the other thing that we wanted to do, we, again, because it was live, is she's got a bunch of followers. Um, I don't have as many followers. Um, <laughs> Work on that. Yeah, but the but the uh, the Facebook page Star Trekkin has a lot of followers. All right, so how do we I were find hoping, this show? We were hoping it would be a uh, that we could have people call in or or you know type in questions and that type of thing. That didn't happen. Um, and then and we were kind of like it's hard huh. to, hard to do in the first show. Yeah, yeah. But, Probably the easiest way to find it. Well, hang on, I'm not done with this story. <laughs> So, so sorry. At stop. the uh, at the end of uh, at the end of the show, we're trying to figure out home. Huh, we didn't get the you know because again, she has followers. I uh, the sh the page has followers. We saw that people were checking in, and then almost immediately checking out. Um, and then on the way home, well, hang on. On the way home, she Goldie, she, you want to talk to Steve about <laughs> pimping your show? Yeah. yeah. On, well, no. On the way home, she texts me, and she goes. Today were the NFL finals, and I was like, "Oh, yeah." <laughs> so, sure, that's the problem. Yeah, you that's were on. That's what we said on Sunday when we had low numbers. <laughs> I believe you were live during yeah. the uh, the Detroit Lions and uh, San yeah. Francisco 49ers Yeah, totally game. the same audience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, trick. Yeah, Jeff. Nerds are sports ball people. Yes, he said, are, pointing at Jeff. There yes. are enough nerds who are also sports people, and yeah. Um, the second half of that game was one of the most watched playoff games in history because mm -hmm. the Niners came from behind to win the game. So yeah. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people were turning away from whatever they were watching. In fact, uh, YouTube even said they were they watched a number of 
you know, their fairly average numbers for viewership drop dramatically during the second half. So. That sounds like the description of Steve's show. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's weird. So, where did that so happen? So the bottom line way? is we had fun. Um, you know, we, we had zany antics with Tribbles. We hey. we did some trivia, which, of course, were, were originally supposed to be. Uh, here's a Star Trek trivia. The first people to answer, that answers uh, correctly <laughs> will get you know, and then we're like, how many... Barry, log on. You can still win. <laughs> yeah, how many followers do we have? So we basically just asked each other the, the trivia thing. And it's a first show. It's you can't, first show. You can't yeah, expect yeah. a lot of audience participation. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's going to be on fire. It's right. great. Yeah, no, and, and and again, we had fun doing it. Uh, there will be iron, you know, problems being ironed out. Um, I have some questions and then a comment. So first, where can I find this show now? <laughs> if... Uh, you can check it out at uh, well I posted the link on our shock monkey lair um, it's on Goldie Vegas's YouTube uh, that's, that's the easiest one to find yeah that's what's called that's Goldie, coming from a tech Goldie savvy Vegas. person it's yeah. called Goldie Vegas that's the name yeah. of the channel Goldie yeah. space Vegas okay. two or words probably just search Star Trek in Vegas Star Trek in Vegas that will bring it up to on Facebook and that is where the live thing was happening as well as goldie's YouTube what if you hate page. facebook um well then go to the youtube channel okay that's go to goldie's I mean, youtube yeah. channel yeah uh, we also did it live on tiktok as well okay are you guys gonna twitch at all live stream it i don't know i don't have twitch okay but it was live stream <laughs> and now it I have, was I have... <laughs> it was live streamed on three different oh, platforms okay Goldie are we live yeah <laughs> okay. i have one more bone to pick and i'm, I'm showing uh uh Todd this just, right now. Just one. There is a Facebook promo that you and Goldie did, but Biggs looks like a filter took 30 years off it. <laughs> it's true. What is that? I don't know. It's a filter that Goldie uses all the time. It sure is. <laughs> Have you seen this, Kay? My dude. Holy crap. You look 35. Yay! I I knew there was something out there that would make you look 35. It's that filter. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Uh, I can confirm that's a TikTok filter. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um. Anyway, and it so, made his beard look fuller too. Did you notice? Yeah, that? I saw that. Just evens everything, smoothes you out. You're like Ad oh, oh, Afo in oh, just Star me, Trek Generations. Believe me when I yeah. <laughs> Star Trek reference. Uh, Suck it. Yeah, believe me when, when I saw it, I was like, oh, I look so I look so young. Yeah, you you look like a well trimmed Grizzly Adams. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> I know because I am wearing a plaid shirt in the in the thing too. Uh, um. So yeah, we had fun. Good, uh, good. We're, we are picking up more views as the days go on. You'll uh, you'll always get more views when you after you've done the live version and people <laughs> yeah. catch it later so on. The next one is uh, the last. It's going to be the last Sunday of every month. Uh, the next one is twenty fifth of February. I can't wait to log on and ask the hardest questions for you guys. That's awesome. I mean, I'm not interested until you have a studio audience. <laughs> your well, first your first question will be like. What's better, Fireball or Stephen <laughs> Barry's shit mix? In episode four of Razor Season yep. Three, I did pimp with Geek Shock. I uh, yeah, I saw that. I, I pulled our logo off the off the um, website, and then during the show, he actually brought the website up, and so we talked about Geek Shock for a while. Very cool. nice, very cool. And That's always cool. But uh, they didn't uh, pimp Fullerton College. Yeah. <laughs> No. <laughs> <laughs> um, we already talked about um, uh, Monarch uh, uh, 
Legacy of Monsters last week. We finished that yes. up this week. The, the the tropey show. The tropey show. Got less tropey, but still was tropey. And and the big twist in it. What a twist. Uh, hardly mattered at all, really. Uh, once you get to the end of it, you're like, whoa. Okay, that was a really freaky thing to put in there. Why was it in there? And And it really was just a stupid plot contrivance to get uh, an American person into Japan. <laughs> and it was like, well, this is, this is just dumb. Yeah. This is, this is just completely dumb. Um, but yeah, I mean, and it was, but there's some other twists that are actually pretty fun in it. Um, and I don't want to give those away, but yeah. Have you finished the season? Done. Okay. Done with, and and it actually ended pretty pretty well, but that stupid plot contrivance was just okay. Is this going to pay off at any point? I mean, okay. I hate when those things never pay off. I mean, Lost was famous for that. Yeah, and this is just—is it something that could pay off in a later season? No. Okay. Because they've kind of already dealt with it, <laughs> and it's just like—I mean—it already has come to kind of an ending, and it, and it's just like, well, this is just uh, anyway. Um, you'll probably talk about the other thing that we did. Um, and that's Steve pointed to me for those people who are only listening <laughs> oh, and not I, watching. I, I thought I was already on camera. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, and then just some geeky things that I haven't done yet, but I'm looking forward to. <laughs> All right, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, we have uh, I have breaking news. Oh, that, oh. that won't be breaking by the time this episode drops. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we we have a new Supergirl, Millie Alcock from uh, ah. Game of Thrones. Is what's her name? Millie Alcock. <laughs> I'm just gonna let that one go. I'm gonna let it. Hey, low hanging you know, fruit. If you want to be kind of one of those people that makes fun <laughs> no, of people's no, names, I'm letting you know, it. Uh, this is me letting it go. All right. It's uh, between her and Miss Bythewood. <laughs> yes. So uh, that just was an out. Uh, James Gunn just confirmed that just before we started the show. Uh, and then the other thing is, <laughs> so we already talked about Darren building his enterprise. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. One piece at a time. That he gets, what, once a month a piece? Yeah. Uh, finally, he's. I mentioned, I think, a couple months ago that he's finally started getting the pieces back in. He's got almost all the pieces, so now we can actually start building again. Fan Home has just dropped the promos for... Their next uh, build it as you go. Yeah, what's it going to be? 1966 Batmobile. Okay, that's fun. And yeah, it's I was fun. Like, mm. so it's, you, it's uh, stupid expensive. So, so you're it's, thinking of overpaying for a yeah? Yeah, I'm thinking piece, of, well, piece of a it's, it's one eighth scale, which would fit Amigo. Oh Batman. my God! You know what? It, it, now we know where all that hot podcast money is going to be going. Yeah. To. Oh yeah. Thirty nine bucks a month or fifty bucks a month? Oh God, probably not. <laughs> I have to sit there and longingly look at it going hmm, hmm. I have medical bills never mind <laughs> <laughs> that, that or ad free prime what do I want yeah <laughs> I already I already had the that thing because I you know paid for it by the year and the renewal came up in a couple of weeks ago and it was like boop and I was like oh yeah mm. it's not quite three dollars a month if you do it by the year but yeah, it didn't give me that option. It just said two ninety nine. I'm gonna have to see if there's any yeah. way I can modify that because it just it, have... it made me go through my actual uh, 
Yeah, I might have been grandfathered in, but maybe. Uh, you know, it's still not if they had seen your TikTok picture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's not, not a senior not citizen. Shilling no for, senior discount for you. I'm not <laughs> shilling for Amazon here. I'm just saying it's still better than TV because TV you just you get to watch whatever's on at that point, and yeah. streaming you know you, you get to choose what you want to watch. Yeah. You, I don't have to watch. Chill. I don't have to have the Hallmark Channel and Univision and sports and a bunch of channels yeah. I don't watch. Yeah, that is, that is the you know, I, I back when cable was the only thing, I I often said, it's like, man, it, there's got to be some way of getting this where I only get the basic plus you know, a la carte this channel, this channel, this channel. Yeah. Without all the sports channels, because again, I'm not a sports and guy. Jeff will tell you the story about how in the deregulation of cable, they said, oh yeah, you'll be able to do a la carte, and then they never did it. Never did nope, it. because... <laughs> and they're like, oh, we have to spend all this money. We can't have any Tommy, competition in any city. making a note there? I what, what, uh... wonder what he's making a I'm note I'm cutting about. that out, too. <laughs> oh, boy. So that's kind of what I did this week. I don't know why I took as long as I did to start watching this show, and I feel I gave myself a disservice by doing so. But what we do in the shadows is an oh. absolute charming goddamn show. Yep. Oh, my God. If you're I not concur. familiar with it, it is based on a movie by Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement and about, well, it's kind of The Office, but with vampires. <laughs> yes. That's probably the quickest log line for it. A documentary crew following this uh, family, for lack of a better word, of three vampires uh, going well, back hundreds of years. Four, if you if you could call it Robinson. No, that's true. <laughs> uh, and uh, the dichotomy of the self-important old world Eastern Europe mentality with trying to shove it into the modern world, thinking they are, that everything is better than and it certainly isn't, and then having their wonderful familiar as the glue that keeps the whole household together. <laughs> yeah. It is absolutely charming. Oh, my God. Yeah. I absolutely adore this show. Uh, my wife and I are halfway through season four. They canceled it after season five. And so... The first season is very enjoyable. The second season starts to drag a little bit, but it was necessary to do the world building that they were going for. Because yeah. that first season is just like, okay, now we're just going to do a whole bunch of vampire jokes and kind of just do this whole faux documentary uh, uh, Parks and Rec kind of thing with it, right? <laughs> yeah. It's when the second season comes around that the whole world building and the true character expansion really happens. And then from there, it is it is just a joy. Have you got, you're you're through baby calling. Oh, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. In fact, we're, it's, we're, we're now in a young teenager calling. So it's <laughs> it's just a joy. And the actors in it are absolutely fantastic. The characters are wild. Uh Guillermo, the familiar, is by far the star of the show, <laughs> yes. through and through. That is just a fun, adorable, innocent, just wants so badly to be a vampire, <laughs> and just just for the good of all, yet still the guy that carries away all the bodies. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful dichotomy they put together. Yeah. 
Uh, so I can't recommend it enough. I haven't seen the original movie. It's based on. We'll probably yeah, watch. We'll probably watch it when it's all done. Uh, but we decided, eh, let's give this one a shot. And my God, I wish I had started earlier because <laughs> it is uh, added so many joy points to my life. Yeah. Oh God. I liked the first season. I fell off after the second season. We discussed this. Something about it. You're right. It is The Office, but with vampires. But it's like the worst characters from The Office. There's a bunch of Michael Scotts. Obviously, Creed Bratton is the Colin. And then there's no Jim and Pam. You know, there's no... So I had a hard time with it a, a little bit. Yeah, Guillermo was the closest thing to a Jim and Pam. Yeah, there's one thing I have to give it credit for. The Vampire Council. Oh, God. Yeah. The Vampire Council is just references to other vampire movies, and the actors playing those characters are the characters who played it in those other movies, and it's fucking hilarious. If you want to get into the inner works of the council, wait till season three. Yeah. Good God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so good. If it's 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 done something I never expected to happen, because I'm fucking sick of vampires in my life. Don't care for them anymore. I'm done. I've had enough vampires, all right? <laughs> However... This angle has kind of reawakened some one for some vampires. It, yeah. it kind of uh, unlocked that key a little bit. Yeah. So I might uh, go pursue some other vampire things because I'm like, I forgot how fun vampires can be yeah. in the right hands. Have you seen Renfield yet? Yes. Okay. Beautiful film. Yeah. Beautiful film. Love that Back. film. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's one of the most quotable shows since Portlandia. <laughs> My word. God and and seriously, I mean the the usual vampire stuff is fun, but God, Colin Robinson is the energy vampire. Oh jeez, we all know them in real life. Oh yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. And ha have you gotten to the Vanessa Bear episodes where she's also the energy vampire? Yes. Oh God, the two of them together just. <laughs> All the other people just around him just dropping off. Hilarious. I concur. Yeah. So even if you're tired of vampires, give this a shot. It's such a new take on it. And the more you've enjoyed vampires in the past, the more you'll enjoy this because it's a lot of vampire in jokes. So, yes, what we do in the shadows, it's a Taika Waititi joint, for God's sakes. All yeah. right. So that's really all the sell I have to do. Uh, the other thing I've been doing is Spider-Man 2 on the PlayStation 5. Oh, nice. Uh, if you have a PlayStation and have not played the Spider-Man games, the first one and yes. Miles Morales, you have done yourself a disservice. Those are some of the best games that has ever come out for that system. And this is no less. They do a fantastic job with the story. It is probably the best superhero game to have ever come out on any system ever. And up to this, I would have said uh, Arkham... The Arkham games, probably the best ones. Completely beaten by this. The The open world aspect, New York is yours to explore. And what's wonderful is it keeps introducing new side things to do as you play. Whereas a lot of, a lot of open world stuff, they open up a few things at the beginning and that's all you get for the rest of the game. Then you go, I don't like races, so I don't do this and I whatever. Uh, this one in story adds new side quests for you to do and it's again a side quest you just want to play a main story you can do that but the side quest stuff 
also opened up because of the story. And I think that's what makes this one so much better than a lot of the other superhero films is it is so story centric. The story is interesting. It's compelling. This one centers on Craven as the big bad. And it really works. Now, it has its own uh, its own mythos, its own standalone thing, kind of like with Arkham Asylum, right? That's its own standalone Batman world. This is the same. It, it takes its own liberties with characters that you know, like Scorpion and such. Um, but I do recommend not starting with this one if you haven't played the other ones. Not because you can't. You certainly can. You can sort of jump into it and follow through. But there is such a rich backstory between the other two star, uh, star, uh, Spider-Man games, uh, Spider-Man 1, Miles Morales, that informs this one for a much richer experience. You can actually feel the trauma that these characters have gone through instead of them just telling you about it in this one. So you actually have a much stronger connection as so, i as i recall some of the add-ons you had in miles morales you can bring over if i remember correctly right uh not sure like, okay uh, miles morales is a much smaller game by the right, way right 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 yeah if, this uh, is so massive compared the original spider-man massive game miles morales was almost kind of like a a halfsies version <laughs> that came out still fun though oh yeah it's, it's still great and highly recommend it just know that it's not a massive game you'll finish it a lot quicker yeah, than you will is, the other ones Two is ginormous. It's great. I'm over halfway through it, and I'm still wow. One of the best games I have ever played in my life. I can easily say that. Wow. So, uh, so if you have a PlayStation, play it. It's great. Okay, what'd you do? I am exhausted. I'm, <laughs> He's a working man again. I'm working the elections and uh, those. this is early voting, so they're 11, 12-hour days, Oof. and that's really... Uh, and, as I've, I've mentioned before, my re- working from home has flipped my schedule upside down. I have been going to sleep at dawn for months. And, no, I, I have to get up before dawn to uh to go and set up for work so i i my schedule is changing but i'm still operating short on sleep and i'm just i'm in the zone of like the the shark zone where if i stop swimming i'm gonna sink to the bottom (laughs) so i'm looking forward to tonight and maybe getting a little more sleep so uh things have been interesting though as i've said before i think everybody should work their their uh state elections at least once I really do. And um, it's been interesting. So, uh, however, the day before did the elections, Steve and I went out and saw Godzilla minus one, minus color. (laughs) And uh, I actually had to say I really enjoyed the hell out of it. Uh, I even felt myself that the movie had greater emotional impact as a black and white movie. So, and it was very reminiscent of the 54 Godzilla in that regard. Are they going to do a silent film version? Godzilla uh, minus ooh. one, minus color, minus audio. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> silent film. <laughs> way to encourage Roar. him, Jeff. Roar. So... <laughs> So the old timey piano playing, yeah. Um, so I've uh, I enjoyed that actually, immensely. I actually really, really did. And uh, 
and yeah, we finished up Monarch, which has been fun and interesting. And oh man, well, we watched the little Bass Reeves, mm-hmm. which was still enjoying. Fascinating bit of history. Although, uh, actually, we finished it, didn't we? The, I think. The, yeah. We we hit the last episode. Bass Reeves. Bass Reeves, first black deputy U.S. marshal west of the Mississippi. Um, and a lot of people... Is that a TV show? Yes, yeah. yes. On uh, Paramount Plus. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Paramount has... Jeff, I was going to say it for your streaming service, but no, I guess not. Nope. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it uh, has uh, Jeff's favorite character, you know, car- uh, actor, Daniel Oliolo. Yeah. <laughs> See, okay. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I have a... Bone to pick? Oh, okay. okay. Um, And it's an interesting story because it's a true story of a uh, freed slave after the Civil War. Might have beaten the living shit out of uh, his uh, former master, so he ran off to Oklahoma to hide out and ended up living with indigenous tribes and learned a whole bunch of native languages, which is what made him, aside from the fact that He's a good shot. Yeah, he was a great shot. His uh, he was taught how to shoot and how to hunt, and it, and it's one of the things that they touch on. He was taught uh, taught these things by his white owner, um, and in fact, in the Civil War, at one point when things got desperate for the Confederates, his uh, owner was an officer who took him with him. He put a rifle in his hand and said, "You will shoot and you will hit." And they were, like, charging off in the battle and stuff, and it was insane. But he gets free, and he goes to Oklahoma, and he learns these languages. And because of that, he is sponsored by one deputy marshal in the TV series played by Randy Quaid, doing mm-hmm. his Randy Quaidiest. Nope. Dennis Quaid. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That changed my view that, entirely. That, that, makes, yeah, that makes it all different. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That makes it all different. See, like I'm they're, tired. They're letting him in front of a camera again? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm tired. But uh, yeah, and uh, he goes in. Donald Sutherland. Is it right? Is it Donald? Okay. Yes. Uh, is Keeper. the judge. Okay. Is the judge who appoints him because... They need someone who speaks the native languages to go into native territories to serve warrants and make arrests. And that was how Reeves basically worked. And he became so notoriously good at his job, he just, he, he made uh, a thou- over a thousand or thousands. I mean, he just made an absurd number of arrests. And he was spiritual and had a, a deep moral conviction to the point that when uh, there was a writ served on his son, he took it and brought his son in. So, a uh, very interesting story. It's a little fictionalized, people have said, but it, it does make for a cool Western. And it is a bit of history that, you know, a lot of people don't know. I remember talking, you know, going on Facebook, and wow, I did not know about Bass Reeves when... Um, the Watchmen sequel came out, and it's really funny because I had black friends uh, popping up in the feed going, you know, it's just amazing to this history that I've known my entire life, and there are people popping up going, I've never heard this before. <laughs> so, and it's like, yeah, and this is, it's a missing piece or, or a little known piece of American history. So, 
Very interesting. Very where, interesting. Where most people know it is the very whitewashed uh, legend of the Lone Ranger is allegedly kind of based yeah. on... No, not wearing a mask, but had an indigenous companion actually would do shit like disguise himself he actually one infil- infiltrated one i think uh i think they it's referenced uh, the houston gang um he, in east texas he disguised himself and joined a gang and was a part of it for like four months gathering information <laughs> wearing that black mask no i said no mask you said he went in disguise i said he went maskless I said no mask, but he was in disguise. Don't don't you try. I'm not that tired. Was he using the filter that Steve was using? <laughs> probably. He probably was using the Bass Reeves filter. <laughs> so I'm surprised you didn't mention Bass Reeves was also on Legends of Tomorrow, Steve. Oh yeah. That was that's one of the first <laughs> appearances I, that I had seen of him. Yeah, yeah. No, I I'm surprised too. No, it was one of those things that popped up on Facebook talking about the, you know, the origin of the Lone Ranger right. can be traced back to um, Bass Reeves. And I was like, huh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, because white, the, white the people don't of, have a history of stealing black culture and whitewashing no, it no, at all. No. <laughs> and that's a name that's really fallen out of favor, isn't it? Bass. No one, you don't have a friend <laughs> Bass anymore. We need to bring that one back. Yeah, we yeah. should. There you go. Along with Arbuthnot. I'm sorry? Arbuthnot. We'll just, we'll just add it into your plethora of names. Speaking Barry. of odd names. Oh, plethora. That's plethora. a name no one uses. <laughs> Speaking of odd names, there there has been a Facebook meme going around saying, if white people can learn to say Daenerys Targaryen, I think they can learn to say Daniel Oyelowo, Mahershala Ali, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, good point. <laughs> oh, snap. Shoot. Yeah. Shooty Gatwa. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, once you hear it, you're like, oh, okay. That's the trick to these things. Yeah. You got to hear the name. Yep. So It's really- more fun to just let Torgo fuck the name up completely. <laughs> yeah. Well, there that's is a, that. That's a fun thing about Torgo because he can hear it correctly and it just, just it doesn't register. Fige. Yeah, her name is Rochel. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's, uh, that's essentially what I managed to get done before it all hit the fan. So... Well, speaking of hit the fan, let's do some Weekend Geek! Yay! Woohoo! Good. Oh. There's no bad news. Nah, you like that. Yeah, that's all right. Oh. Yeah. You're so open. I, I had the tissue box sitting right here. Oh, that's, that's the reason I didn't bring it. <laughs> I'm striking the whole thing from the show. <laughs> okay. I was just going to say, so, so no more Deb? No more Deb. Ever. Yeah, that's yeah. uh wow. you might, everyone you might have noticed that. Deb has been uh, away from the show for a little bit. Uh she's decided that the show is just way too male. <laughs> <laughs> well uh, all right. that's, uh, and, it's, and it's Steve's fault. It's all yeah. Steve's fault. There you, Steve. You're <laughs> too male for What's us. What's our Steve? masculine tipping point? <laughs> Steve comes in. It's like throwing a whole batch of cocktail wieners on the table. <laughs> <laughs> barbecue sauce and everything. Nah, she's just been busy. She says news you don't give a shit about, and he makes that face, and that's all done. <laughs> oh, yeah, that face. Yeah. <laughs> Which face, Todd? I'm not. This one. 
Nope. 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 Hey, no, hey, she'll be hey, back. Dumbass. She's busy. She's busy. She's working like a maniac. Yeah, yeah. She, she. I promise she will, she'll return. So we can geek. Right. Oh. Uh, Netflix shows Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, The Punisher, and Luke Cage are now all canon to the MCU. Marvel has confirmed. Uh, now there's a timeline order for Disney Plus for every Marvel Studios production in the Marvel section. This timeline features each canon film and series in the chronological order that take place in the MCU, and those shows now appear on this list. So if you want to know when they take place, Daredevil and Jessica Jones takes place between Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and Avengers Age of Ultron. Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Defenders are between Ant-Man and Captain America Civil War. And then the Punisher series, which takes place after Spider-Man Homecoming, but before Doctor Strange. So not not only is it canon, but now you know where it's at. And no love for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Got two turntables and a microphone? (laughs) Still no Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, no, because it got weird there. It It had to because they got... It didn't get weird. It got creative because the basic... uh, Perlmutter and... Mm -hmm. uh, they they fucked him over basically the the producers and I mean thank goodness they took lemons and made lemonade out of it because yeah. I mean there's some really fantastic writing in those later seasons but you know they were hamstrung from the beginning because of the this the the MCU because it quote unquote was connected yes and then so and then they, they were to, like so they had to hold off on a big reveal yep and then they did that. And then sometime in the second or third season, they're like, "Ah, it's not really connected to the." Yeah. MCU. Oh, by the way, you're not even part of our MCU anymore. <laughs> yeah. So they went with the whole Captain America Sil- uh, Hail Hydra thing. Yeah. And that it was like, oh, it is part of it, and it, it got exciting for a second there. To yeah. Their, to their credit, though, the uh, the producers really uh, Jeff Johns. Um, uh, I'm blanking uh, out Jeff on the Jones. other. Yeah, Jeff Johns. The producers. Anyway. Uh, oh, so Zero Mostel and Gene Wilder? <laughs> yeah. they, yes, um, exactly. Jeff Loeb, not yes. Jeff Johns. Jeff Loeb and uh, the other two producers whose names escape me right now, um, they really took the show and said, well, you know what? Maybe we're in an alternate universe connected to, but now different from... And they ran with it, and they did a beautiful job with it. Because yeah. I, I was so happy with that series, especially when they extended it, and the finale was very satisfying as well. Mm-hmm. They did okay. Yeah, they, they did. The, Shut your mouth. There were problems. Of course, there were problems. We just outlined what yes. they were. <laughs> once, once they established, you know, you know what, we're own, we're our own thing. We can't worry about what's going on in the rest of the MCU. They were fine. Yep. I concur. Yeah, some of those characters, some of those storylines are just cheese ball. I just couldn't deal after like the your cheese ball, your mom's cheese ball. So does that mean that Agent Coulson is dead? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In the Prime Universe, yes. Yeah, because he never. He was, of course, <laughs> he was never allowed to reveal that he was still alive in the show to any of the characters that he that he. Um, connected with well, it. except for maria hill knew and yeah and well and and uh uh fury well and fury's the one that had him Sith. resurrected and so. a lot yeah. of people knew yeah. in shield so what, <laughs> yeah but if shield's not canon then he's still bad it's he's yeah. well you had to be a certain uh level. level in shield to be able to know that colson was alive yeah 
Sure. It was a very... In that other universe. Very yeah. poorly kept secret, which always bugged the hell out of me. Yeah. But I do like the fact that they worked in the whole Cree angle to mm-hmm. yeah, how he was resurrected. And, of course, it's one of Fury's toolbox things that... Yeah. It was a program that apparently Coulson oversaw before getting used on himself. So that was... Yeah. And then they played around with fun little, you know, timeline yeah. things in the last I'm just disappointed of- oh, yeah. that we're not going to get Chloe Bennett. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Well, never, well, never say never. Never say but... never. Because, mm-hmm. again, that's a rumor flying around, so take that with a giant chunk of salt. But That would be nice. But uh, apparently in, somebody said they saw her on a set for one of the TV shows or one of the movies. So we'll Yeah, you see. never know. She's just, just hanging out. Maybe she's just working yeah. craft <laughs> services. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> out there making bagels. <laughs> for Jeff's contest. Bethesda's Indiana Jones game from developer Machine Games made a proper debut at the Xbox Developer Showcase last week, where it got the final title of Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. It's a first-person title that borrows from developer Machine Games' Wolfenstein titles. Uh, Players choose their own path through enemy encounters, whether they want to go stealthy or guns blazing with Uncharted-style puzzles. The devs promise lots of puzzles, though many of them will be optional and off the beaten path. The game is going all in on the classic era of indie and the young Harrison Ford likeness and the stories set between Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Last Crusade, and the game is due out this year. I would choose stealthy, but it always turns into guns blazing because it doesn't <laughs> you matter suck what. At stealthy. I apparently so. I'm, I know I'm not the only one though, but it's like you're stealthy, you're stealthy. Oh, they spotted you, and all hell breaks loose. You should play Payday too. Payday. Payday. You know, I'll the thing with, a payday, the but, thing with yeah. the nuts on it, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great game, and you're stealthy, stealthy until you go loud. Mm. That's fun. But I saw uh, a trailer for th- for this, and I thought, oh, wow. Did they make this game 10 years ago? Because the graphics did not look great. No. Yeah. I'm a little disappointed that they threw that out there for the trailer. I hope it gets better. I hope that was just a working model or something. I don't know. I didn't watch it, so. Graphics. Although, they did the Wolfenstein games. Those look pretty good. Yeah, yeah. they did. Those are good. Those are great games. Can't imagine they wouldn't throw that at this. Dude, I don't know. But okay, but you saw what you saw. I saw what I saw. Yeah. Top Gun 3 is in development. Oh, God, why? <laughs> Tom Cruise set to return the, the franchise. Because made a buttload of money. Sure did. Oh, that's why. Uh, according to the report, he'll be joined by Mavericks, T- Miles Teller, and Glenn Powell, as well as uh, producers Jerry Bruckheimer and David Ellison. The director of Top Gun Maverick, Joseph Kosinski, will also return to direct. And with the co-writer of Maverick, Aaron Kruger, he's currently writing the script. So if you liked that Maverick, well, you got the same people behind this one, too. <laughs> Didn't see Maverick. I think I should, You though. really should. You should. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's not like Oscar worthy, but it's fun. Well, yeah. the original one's fun. not Oscar worthy either, but what's <laughs> well, the name of the game? From a story writing standpoint, I think it's got more meat to it than the original one because yeah. the original is very basic. I mean, not much substance. It's all Flash, where this is both substance and Flash. So uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, saw it in the theater a couple times. 
I, so. I mean, because I, I we were all there. The uh, sad moment and the original Top Gun, right? Because mm-hmm. at first it's all like adventure and and getting set up for what they're about to go through. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Goose gets in that flight simulator that puts you upside down in the pool, and he drowns, and pulls his friend pulls him out, and everyone gets sad. What? What? <laughs> and what? all the ladies get to see Tom Cruise give Goose mouth to mouth even though it fails yeah and then he then maverick grabs his girl in the factory at the end love yeah. lift up us where we belong is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> todd bristow's top gun uh you know <laughs> you, okay, todd, i'll convince you to watch it todd i know you're gonna watch it for the homoerotic of beach volleyball scene the, I, I think that movie was called maverick and a gentleman <laughs> <laughs> but keep in mind they they in maverick they with, uh, they do a homoerotic uh, beach football scene. Oh, do they? Now? Yes, they do. They Except they've got girls playing too. Oh man, it's still schlock. Yeah. It is pretty. <laughs> anyway, thirty-four years after the release of Tetris on NES, a thirteen-year-old prodigy known as a Blue Scuddy is the first person to ever beat the game. The NES edition was not the first version of Tetris to be published, but it's become arguably the most important Tetris release for the competitive community since it serves as the basis for the classic Tetris World Championship series. Unlike some other versions of Tetris, this release doesn't have an official ending sequence or final goal to achieve. You're supposed to just keep playing until you eventually can't keep up with the speed of the falling blocks anymore. That's how it's supposed to work. If you keep playing long enough, NES Tetris can eventually just crash when you reach certain conditions, like making a single line clear on level 157, which has a 73.33% chance of crashing the game. And that's exactly what Blue Scuddy managed to do. Like the Golden Age arcade legends who beat Pac-Man by reaching the kill screen that crashed the game, uh, Scuddy beat Tetris by breaking it. Uh, there's a key difference between the Pac-Man's kill screen and the Tetris kill screen. It's not inevitable. Since the Tetris kill screen only activates under certain conditions, you can theoretically keep playing indefinitely as long as you can avoid those conditions. But maybe the most impressive achievement would be done by not hitting a kill screen at all, reaching level 255, something that, to this point, has only been done by tool-assisted speedrun creators. It causes the entire game to loop back to level one, which might just be the truest ending of all. But that'll require someone to survive hundreds of levels of nearly impossible Tetris, all while dodging the multitude of kill screen triggers that exist along the way. Mm. By the meantime, Blue Scotty, good on you. 13-year-old. Yeah, good job. Uh, hmm. The, yeah, this... There's a downside to this story that I was really not happy about. I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, uh, there was a Sky News presenter that was ta- that did the story. Um, I think it was in Australia. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, that she she basically like she she does the the read of the article is very similar to what you just read, but then she goes she's like. It's a video game. That's not an achievement. Go outside and and I was just <laughs> like, Fuck you. exactly. I was I was just I was horrified. I'm like, this kid achieved something that nobody has done in forty plus years, and you're just saying, just oh, it's not it's it. not an achievement. It's I hate the dismissive nature of certain adults with yep. video game achievements. Yeah. 
And it's he like caught a ball at the end of a field of grass. Go yeah. do something good with your life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it just it was. I mean, she's gotten a lot of uh, pushback, pushback from not just the gaming community, but even parents have been like, "This kid did something truly extraordinary." Yeah, and should be treated with respect. And I was like, "Thank goodness that they're getting the right kind of pushback on this yeah. for this, uh, you know." news person just you know i get it you know you're there to read news articles but come on <laughs> yeah, if you can't say outside. if you can't say something <laughs> nice about something that a kid that, that you know had this monumental achievement then you know keep it to yourself oh my god yeah i, I just what, hate shit like it's that. like it's like it's like lady what do you do for a living yeah exactly <laughs> she reads the news on the dumb show next article yeah. <laughs> the century-old Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado, is the inspiration behind Stephen King's classic horror novel, The Shining. And Blumhouse aims to create a, quote, true horror destination yes. with the iconic setting. Blumhouse will exclusively curate a 10,000-plus square foot Stanley Film Center exhibit space. Blumhouse produces horror films as well as scripted and unscripted television series and games with some of the most successful franchises in history. The company's titles include Halloween, The Black Phone, Five Nights at Freddy's, Get Out, Megan, Paranormal Activity, and The Purge, among many others. Uh, through the RTA, the state is contributing $46 million toward the construction of the Stanley Film Center. The main Stanley Film Center building will be at least 67,000 square feet and is estimated to cost more than $70 million to complete. So not only the place that's a shining stands go to check out for check in for a while, but now a true horror destination beyond that. Horror destination. What, what what does that mean? That means people who love horror films go to check it out, just like the the clown museum. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> just like the clown museum uh, to a point, but not something to this edge. I'd say more like the uh, barbecue restaurant in Texas yeah. that used to be the place where they filmed the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, hmm. people who love horror films go to check out the places where they were filmed. Okay, and yeah. uh, and that's kind that of sounds like you're putting in a little bit of a museum there or something too. Or? I believe so. Although really seems to be pushing on the whole. Seems to be like more of a theater experience, yeah. a curated theory theater experience. Yeah. Uh, but we'll know more as it goes on. This is the uh, earliest announcements of it. <laughs> so watch this space. I'm sure you're going to want to go. Uh, yeah, I wanted to go before that was announced. It's the friggin' <laughs> Stanley, dude. Yep. That's, yeah. It's cool. Have you been? I know. I, uh, How do you know it's cool? Because uh, a friend of mine has actually gone, and oh, okay. he, he raved about it. He was just like, it's one of the coolest things. Right. It's still it's, it's still a working hotel, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he said the basics was that a lot of what you saw in, you know, the movie obviously were sets. Right. But they model a lot of the sets off of real areas of the hotel. Yeah. So there's enough similarity that when you're walking through the hotel, you'll be like, oh, that's where blank would have happened. But that's anyway. That's where Rebecca Ferguson stabs uh, Obi-Wan. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone remember that scene. There you go. Maybe they'll hire like twin girls to wander around the halls. <laughs> there you go. That would creep me out. <laughs> that was my... Twin twins are creepy anyway. That was my wow. that was my favorite thing about going to the Superman Museum. They had a section that they were working on that was up a staircase. 
at the top of the staircase was the a standee of the twin girls. It's like, mm, yeah, they don't want us nice. to go up there. Okay. Nice. <laughs> that was a good play. Good and everyone play. wants to stay at room 237 mm. because that's the place where Mayonnaise said, I've got nowhere else to go. Everyone remembers that scene. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Greg Nicotero of The Walking Dead and Creepshow fame is creating a television adaptation of Robert McCammon's Swan Song. <laughs> Nicotero will executive produce the upcoming series through the production company Monster Agency. He'll also direct the pilot episode, which is currently on the search for a writer. Released in June 1987, Swan Song was set in America in the aftermath of a nuclear war between the U.S. and the Soviet Union. The book then focuses on a number of survivors, one of which has powers that puts her in the sights of an evil, building up an army of followers across the country. After its release, it tied with Stephen King's Misery for the 1987 Bram Stoker Award and was the first of McCammon's works to make it on the New York Times bestseller list. Did you ever read it? Yes. What do you uh, think? When I read this... Is it better was, or worse than the day after? I was in... <laughs> yes, everything's a lot of things are better. My, my pinky's better than the day after. Oh. The, uh, and you don't know where that's been. Oh, I know where it's been. Oh, God. <laughs> that's worse. Wait, the day after or the day after tomorrow? This, when I was in high school, this was my favorite book of all time. Which one? Really? Swan Song. Swan Song. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> the, the, my Pinky and My Ass, that novel. Oh. <laughs> my Pinky and My Ass by Todd Bristol. Now that you are older. Just wait for the sequel. <laughs> now that you are older, what do you think of it? I've read it a few times, and I still really enjoy it. Now, uh, a lot of folks have a an issue with the book because, yes, it's very much like The Stand. It's kind of like another stand, but it's a really good version and enough changes that it sets itself apart. But if you like the stands, kind of the same idea. You have this group of good guys. You have this group of bad guys that are alive after the world ends and the coming together of two forces. Oh, this one has a little more of a magical, mystical bent to it than the stand does. Mm. Uh, I mean, you sure you have Randall Flagg in the stand. Uh, this one, it's even more audacious as far as the uh, uh, the evil goes. Well, then it sounds like the people making the comparison are just misunderstanding it. Ah, no, I think they're kind of... They do understand it. What do you mean by understand? I guess I'm... The comparison's definitely there. They understand it. What are you all talking about? What are about? you talking they about? He's understand. trying to make a play on the words, and it's just going right under Fucking your nose. <laughs> it's going right under your head. That's yeah. right. Right under your head. <laughs> <laughs> what, so, Steve... I was, you're, I was really wanting to answer his you're, question. You're, you're saying they didn't understand it? I'm going to come across this. <laughs> I won't stand for this line of joking anymore. That's some Paul shit. Oh, that captain tripped me up. <laughs> oh. Just can't stand it. <laughs> well, I guess this is my swan song. But it is good. Uh, I enjoy the works of Robert McCammon overall. He was a very prolific writer in the 80s. Uh, if you like 80s-style novel horrors, uh, readers, go check him out. Robert McCammon stuff. And frankly, start with Swan Song. It's an excellent book. And I'm very excited to see this turn into a show. Maybe they'll finally make a, finally a good stand. <laughs> <laughs> HBO boss Casey Bloys gave a recent rundown of the biggest shows the network is looking to work on this year, including the new seasons of The Last of Us and The White Lotus. 
as well as a new Game of Thrones prequel series. That's the series titled A Knights of the Seven Kingdom, which takes place before the flagship series, and that's the one that's based on the Duncan Egg books. Uh, where we find uh, Sir Duncan the Tall and his squire Egg wandering through Westeros while the Targaryen... Oh, thank you. While the Targaryen dynasty... cookies in the house to go along with the milk? that? Yeah. <laughs> Targaryen dynasty rules from the Iron Throne and the dragons are still remembered and the great destinies and enemies await the incomparable friends. Uh, the Dunk and Egg series, pretty well-known set of stories from R.R. Martin. Uh they're actually based on stories from R. R. Martin, where the Targaryen series is kind of whole cloth. I love the fact that Martin still hasn't released the last book, and they've even had another series come and go, House of the Dragon, and now they're going to have this other one. He's still not going to release the book. You mean House of Meetings? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. House of Meetings. <laughs> Here's what I find amusing. They've been talking about doing some kind of TV series version of uh, Wild Cards. Yeah. Now there is a TV series called Wild Cards that has nothing to do with Wild Cards. <laughs> Gotta love it. <laughs> is it based on Wild no. Cards? Is it inspired by no. Wild Cards? No. Nope. You cannot copyright titles. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> Whatever. But you can capitalize on name recognition. Yeah, you sure as hell can. What's What's been fun, going back to original Game of Thrones series and the ending seasons, <laughs> is... Them, the producers of that show have now basically copped the fact of we never made a TV show before. We had no idea what we were doing. And so when Martin ran out of stuff, we were like, the fuck we do? I don't know. Let's just do this, I guess. It's basically you say them admitting that not only were they flying the seat of their pants on writing the ending of that show, they were flying for the seat of their pants actually just running a show. They had yeah. no idea how to do it. And I was like, oh, it makes sense. They did okay the first couple seasons. Well, yes, they had R.R. Martin writing that stuff. And Martin's first few books were good, but then he wrote himself into a hole. And it's, I couldn't even read the last book. It was just, ugh. I stopped in the middle of the second one. Yeah. It just, I, I, li I like other George R.R. R. Martin stuff. I think he's a good writer. But man. Did you ever? Did you skip the parts with Daenerys? No, I, I did. She's no. the worst character. No, nope. I just it was. I'm all for world building, but the the amount of detail that was going into it just turned it into a slog fest. I skipped the pages of banquet food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oi, oi, oi. Wow, and that's from the two foodies. Or, well, two of the three foodies. He, he meant to say fatties. This fatties is what he meant. I actually enjoyed the food stuff. If you're ah, talking fatties, ah, that's the whole table. Wow, look at the side eye that he just gave you, Todd. <laughs> Todd wouldn't. You keep Martin in your way, and I'll keep him in mine. <laughs> he gave us a bowl of brown. He did. The bowl of brown. <laughs> Which is actually some kind of a thing. It's so, a yeah. thing. Wait, isn't that Barry's cowboy chow? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> There's a... Uh, there's that bowl of soup, the oldest bowl of soup in, in history. That uh, that's still going. Where is it in is Thailand? It, I it's think like so. some yeah, I some tavern or whatever. Anyway. That it's just like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They just like keep they, adding they stuff to it. They just keep adding. They just keep adding. On yep. a steady boil. There you yeah. go. That's the trick. Yeah. You know, you keep that going, then you know nothing's going to survive except dysentery <laughs> and disappointment. <laughs> 
Love and Disappointment. Dysentery a, and Disappointment. Boy, there's a oh, show title. There's a, there's a biography <laughs> title, uh, Barry. <laughs> Dysentery and Disappointment, My Life with Barry Robb. <laughs> I was going to say. I know who I am. Bye, that's, Barry Robb. <laughs> that's, that's Barry's traveling that's food my, that's my show. He, he goes around the world <laughs> and eats places. And <laughs> it's like, it sucks. And then, uh, they, then, they, one then they cut to a bathroom's door. You're like, oh, God I'm gonna fill this it. one for a while. Oh, flush. This is my time down here. <laughs> <laughs> my time. That's actually the. Yeah, that's the exciting sequel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this came out a few weeks ago, but we didn't talk about it. Fox is producing an animated series adaptation of the fantasy comic series Elf Quest. The series is created by Wendy and Richard Peeney. The sisters. Uh, <laughs> Be adults. <laughs> the series. You're asking too much, Barry. <laughs> we need that back. The series will be <laughs> written by Susan Hurwitz Arneson, uh, who did the last Amazon, will also serve as showrunner and executive producer. Elf Quest debuted in 1978 and was published by Dark Horse Comics. It's set in a fantastical world and follows the adventures of a group of elves known as the Wolf Riders. As they navigate their way through a richly detailed and magical landscape, they struggle to survive and coexist on a primitive Earth-like planet with two moons. Uh, producer Rodney Rothman said, quote, Wendy and Richard created and sustained one of the most successful independent comics of all time. It's vividly influenced many of our favorite movies and creators. Along with Susan Arneson, we see their achievements as perfect jumping off point to explore how post Spider-Verse animation can take the fantasy genre someplace we Ooh. haven't seen before. Ooh. If you're an artist who speaks to this, let us know. We're looking for you, unquote. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's... Oh, wait. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. No. Kate, did you ever read it? Yes, you did. Because I tried and I just couldn't get into it. Uh, well, you know, you gotta be in touch with your feminine side. I don't have one of those. There so. you go. Yes, you <laughs> do. You're not fooling anyone. Yeah. Well, you know, when you no do. one can hate musical theater that much and not actually love it. That's right. Barry. Going around full circle. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> Makes total sense. There, there. <laughs> it's not like Gandhi so, and Sue. So Barry is... is the, the lady doth protest too much. I was going to say, yeah. he's the geek equivalent of those Republicans who <laughs> vote anti-LGBT and then get caught in the airport bathroom. Yeah, yeah. Tapping the guy next to him. Yeah. Yep. Get it right. It's a rest stop bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I, you're both right. <laughs> Barry Robb and his exciting story. No, I never. Pinky I never, and my ass. I never got into uh, Elf Quest because I mean I like fantasy stuff, but I like the Conan stuff, uh, cartoon, sure. uh, cartoon. Sorry, except uh, comics the, more than Elf Quest. Except the, the funny thing about Elf Quest is that it was really, really cartoony. You know, the elves are like in that super cute artistic style. That's probably why I didn't get into it. But. Then there's a whole lot of just uh, savage fighting and uh, blades cutting and wolves ripping people apart. So that could be kind of fun. Was the um, was the RPG based on the comic or vice versa? Or I mean, no, are they, were they unrelated? Vice versa. I think the the RPG was based on the comic. Yeah. Okay. There was an RPG. Yeah. I wasn't aware. Yeah. Yep. Pretty awesome. Yeah. It and and you know it. Yeah. I did enjoy it. I eventually did kind of fall out of it, but I have like the first, oh God, what, five, seven collections? 
Oh, wow. Um, I got that far. And so. uh, Wendy and Richard uh, Peeney were like, they were they were staples at big time, all kinds of Comic-Cons. Big time fans. She, yeah. when you see a picture of, look at this, one of the earliest versions of cosplay, look at this woman playing uh, Red Sonia from the 70s, yeah. that's yeah. Wendy Peeney. Yeah. She actually could pull off, uh, they, they made the proper scale, not chain, scale bikini, and then she'd wear this outlandishly huge uh, red wig and go around as uh, Red Sonia. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're sword and sorcery legit people. Yeah. And, and, and ElfQuest kind of went there where, that way because it wasn't, there was a lot more magic flowing around, but it really was not a Lord of the Rings type of epic stakes thing, at least in the beginning. Yeah, she she always had a booth at, or actually they always had a booth at Comic Con, mm. and they were some of the first ones that you could you know walk right up and and say hey can you draw me a picture of blah 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 and they'd be like yeah yeah and just yeah and just pull a blank paper and just right. here you go were they Steve were they both artists or was she the artist Wendy definitely was I think Richard was the writer the writer but, yeah the writer more okay that's. <laughs> Well, sorry, folks. We we unfortunately missed Jeff's appreciative nod when Barry showed him a picture of Wendy Beanie's Red Sonia. Well, he showed me one that was just kind of an okay picture, and then he swiped it back to and was like, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's a better picture. Yeah, that's uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, they're legit. The and the it was independent back in 78 folks so they're fighting they were fighting the big two back then this is pre-image this is pre you know there's there's other options out there and they lasted for a very long time so and and that that one phrase uh post spider-verse animation i think is the real uh kicker to being interested Although the sentence following about if you're an artist, <laughs> give us a call. <laughs> Yikes. Sweat. Of flags. It sounds a little... Uh, uh, Panicky? Beniloff and... and, <laughs> and, and like, and, we need help, but we're afraid to ask for help. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we'll see how it goes. Was there ever an ElfQuest video game in the 90s? I swear. Are you thinking about EverQuest? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I mean, because yeah, there were all those quest games back in the <laughs> 90s. You had, uh, you had King's Quest. You had Police Quest. And what's uh, really funny, related, with Jeff Lot with Jeff's logic, it totally applies. There's corporations that like, ElfQuest. Has any, Quest is really big. Does anybody, do we own that? Somebody buy that. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Police Quest? Yeah. Shirley, yeah, Sierra Games. I, I am serious. <laughs> and don't call me Shirley. That was a good game, Police Quest. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. Wow. All those I, I, all those Sierra games were a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I thought you guys were fucking around. And no, it's a real game. Good lord! <laughs> da, 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 da. I think they made three of them, didn't they? Da, 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 yeah. Da, da. Uh, Space Quest, King's Quest, Elf space Quest. Quest. Or, yeah, Space Quest was <laughs> the one where you're 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 in space. Space. It's it's like King's Quest, but you're in, in space. space. <laughs> Heroes Quest. Hero Quest. Yep. I think King's Quest became Hero Quest, didn't it? Leisure Suit Larry. Yep. <laughs> oh, Leisure Suit Larry. The game that promised but never delivered on the nudity. When you're a teenage boy, you're like, uh, 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 oh. 
You had and to keep it hidden from your parents, and you're, you're playing eight, the video game, and like, there's nothing happening here. Hmm. No, it's not even 8-bit. Like, in fact, one of the games where you think you're about to see something, they do the little blur, the television blur thing over, you know, the naked woman, and you're just like, that's it? That's what we get? They just didn't do a scrambled picture? So you might, no. oh, I think I saw a boot. Nope. It was no Custer's Last Stand or Eat Him and Beat Him. Oh, my God. Custer's, <laughs> Custer's Last, Last Stand. stand. I saw that one. What the hell's eat him and beat him? <laughs> you don't want to know. Yeah, it it's, it's after Custer's last stand. Uh, they did beat him. <laughs> God, there was even a Wolfenstein 3D one that was, it was like a porn version. I'm trying to remember. Of course the well, no, you could make and, those. Yeah. That was the mods, yeah. You could, you could easily, super easily mod uh, Wolfenstein with anything. That's true. I first discovered this because I learned how to mod Wolfenstein to only show the the enemy's shoes and when the uh, when their their guns fired off in okay. like hard mode, everyone's invisible, so you got to be really paying attention. But then, of course, there's always that one kid in class is like, "Look, I made a bo- I made boobs everywhere." I'm like, ah, "That's great." Dude. <laughs> and then we got Duke Nukem, and it was, and then, oh, you, yeah. you didn't you Mark didn't even need the mods. Big one. He was always oh, trying my to God. figure out. Why Lauren and I didn't want to play Duke Nukem, but we would spend hours at doing the House of the Dead at the arcades. Yes, <laughs> he talked. He always talked about Duke Nukem, no matter what. Duke Nukem 3D was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Oh, it, like, I, back in the was, day, it was fun, and you know, it, it had those, you know, great kill um, lines, quips. Yeah, yeah. And I you, mean, most of them stolen from Army of Darkness, but yeah. hey, you know, pull the head off the body and shit down in the neck. And, <laughs> yeah. Yep. yeah. The good old days. Yeah. The low-budget DC parody film The People's Joker has landed distribution and will be getting a theatrical release. This comes after the film was pulled from the Toronto International Film Festival lineup just over a year ago over rights issues. The movie is in the gray area when it comes to copyright issues. The filmmakers say their movie fits under fair use. Mm. The movie was directed by Vera Drew, who also edited, co-wrote, and starred. The People's Joker is, quote, a queer coming-of-age Joker origin story, and the official description reads, quote, in the absurdist autobiographically inspired dark comedy, a painfully unfunny, unfunny aspiring clown grapples with her gender identity while unsuccessfully attempting to join the ranks of Gotham City's sole comedy program in a world where comedy has been outlawed. Uniting with a ragtag team of rejects and misfits, Joker the Harlequin forms an illegal anti-comedy troupe that puts her on the collision course with the devious Cape Crusader controlling the city, unquote. The film features variations on DC characters, including the Penguin, Scarecrow, Riddler, Bane, and Harley Quinn, plus DC locations like Smallville and Arkham Asylum also appear. Altered Innocence founder Frank Jaffe said in this statement, quote, Vera Drew has taken her own life experiences and traumas to craft an entirely new genre of cinema that blurs the lines between documentary, coming-of-age film, and parody, unquote. The Beakbull's Joker cast includes cameos from Tim Heidecker, Bob Odenkirk, Maria Bamford, and Scott Ackerman. The movie will open on theaters on April 5th at the IFC Center in New York City. Additional markets and premiere dates are yet to be announced later. Never heard of it? <laughs> Me either. Doesn't sound like I want to watch it. I'm waiting to hear more. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to pass on that one. Mm. Although now I want to make a parody show called The Cape Crusader. Oh, and what would it be about? A Cape Crusader. Yeah? Doing what? 
crusading with his cape. Yep. Yeah. Just going around the, you know, uh, the Jerusalem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, Jerusalem cape. The fuck are you talking about? Ugh. What? You just said it. He's going around Jerusalem. No, no, no. You got to you got to play into the parody laws and do the capeless crusader. And that's uh, his thing is he has no cape. There you go. He but he does have a ragged like flutter of cloth where he, the cape was. I don't want to see this either. And he's got like <laughs> he's got a, like a, a reverse cowl so it's only like his his it only nose and his, mouth that's covered and like his yeah. his head is completely uncovered. There you go. <laughs> Wow. So he gets beat See, up a lot. You, but he does have bed head, so the hair kind of oh, sticks up. And yeah. Oh, wow. This is Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll watch that movie now. <laughs> Andy is the capeless crusader. There you go. <laughs> Andy right now. I'm telling you, Andy right now is going, I love this idea. Uh, of course he does. Yeah. I just, yeah. Start, start, he is start that drawing idea. the comic, Andy. He, he, it's funny because his little reverse cowl that covers his face will have beard bristles. <laughs> Oh, okay. You know, popping out the sides <laughs> and, the, and the bed head. And, uh, well, you he, better get on it because I hear he's available to star in this film right now. You hear? I hear he is too. I hear he is. <laughs> I, I don't understand you. <laughs> I know how to bring it all to a screen. Kevin Smith is making another Jay and Silent Bob movie. Fuck why? And he's looking to start shooting in 2024. Smith has also been developing a Mallrat sequel, but it looks like Jay and Silent Bob 3 is going to happen before that. He released Jay and Silent Bob Reboot back in 2019. Uh, Smith most recently finished his film, The 430 Movie. Uh, the 430 Movie stars Austin Zadger, and the story centers around a group of teens in the 1980s who pay to get into one movie and spend the day theater hopping. Steve? Well, see, now I have to reveal. Kevin Smith and I have been in uh, email contact with each other. Uh, he's been getting technical advice for how to do it, uh, how to do the theater hopping. Uh, first of all, you don't do it with Mark White's. <laughs> oh, Why God. Someone extremely paranoid who's terrified of being busted by authority. So, yeah, somebody who... By uh, kids the, that the, don't get cared because the, they don't get paid enough to care. The following is a true story. Only the names have remained the same to protect nobody. Wait, what? <laughs> so, so <laughs> story, only the names are the same. And this is, <laughs> this is a tangential uh, Star Trek experience, so go ahead and get that bottle yeah, ready. Yeah, yeah. At least a sip. So I convinced Mark to go theater hopping with me one day, and yeah, he got all, when we snuck into the second movie, he got all paranoid, looking around. There's two guys sitting behind us, and then, of course, it's the middle of the day, because that's the best time to go do it. Yeah, more movies. Um, and so he's looking around. He's all, he's all. Oh, okay. That was that was pretty easy. Uh, what are you guys uh, doing? Are you theater hopping too? And oh, like, Jesus, Jesus Christ! <laughs> and the response: uh, No, we work here. <laughs> you know that is a total Mark White story too. This this is how I know that story is true because that's so. A Mark White story. Mark White's people. That was another Klingon that worked at the Star Trek experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot wow. of a lot of those stories. You're just like, this can't possibly be true. Yep, it's totally true. Are you just yeah? No, you just asked two strangers. Are you theater hopping? Oh my yeah. god! No, no, we work here. Walk up to the cashier. This is fun. Are you shoplifting as well? Well, because you didn't you preface it like when you were telling him, and he's like, well, what if we get caught? He's like, they don't care. 
I, I swear to God, I, that was part of your story originally and, that you told him that they don't care. Oh yeah, yeah, they don't care. And except, I will say, the one time, one time in my thirty-year career of theater hopping, actually closer to forty years, um, one usher, hardened criminal. Yeah. One, yes. Yes. <laughs> one usher made it a deal. And I always said, you know, because if he said, well, what if we get caught? I go, well, then we either leave or we go buy a ticket. That's, you know, what, what are you asking? What are we going to do? There's, that's the thing. And so. <laughs> 30 days jail plus probation. <laughs> yeah. So, so I was in fabulous Knoxville, Tennessee uh, in grad school. Went to the local theater there and went up, got my refill, went theater hopping. And I could tell one of the ushers was, was watching me. And uh, so I walk into the theater, and he comes and goes. He goes, uh, "Sir, can I see your ticket?" And I, go, and I was just like, "No, man, you caught me. I didn't get a ticket here. I'll go out and get one." And he was like, "Oh, uh, uh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Mark would be putting on the knee pads and the little lip balm, and he's like, "Well, I guess there's only way out of this." <laughs> Steve, what did you do? What did you do when Mark did that? <laughs> When, and they responded. Uh, a face palm that was heard around the world. <laughs> so that's what that was. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, oh no. my God. Are you theater hopping too? <laughs> oh, okay. Come on, guys. T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the back, we'll put, no, we work here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you take that to the theater. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was your own personal uh, Naked Gun 33 and a third oh. moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was doing all the hands. <laughs> it goes it goes from your theater to the adjoining theaters to yeah, the yeah, people, entire city and yeah. then the entire state. <laughs> people around the world were like, why am I face palming all yeah. of a sudden? <laughs> I actually am hurting a little bit. <laughs> God almighty. That was great. Uh, let's do some red light, green light. Red light, green light. Such a fun game to play. Doesn't matter what you say. They're going to make this shit anyway. Yay! Yay! All right, I bring this production meeting to order. I've got four pitches. We have to green light one of them. One or more of them may be fake. Your options this time, gentlemen, are monster in my pocket. <laughs> why, are you, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? What? Why are you laughing? Why am I laughing? <laughs> because he too has a monster in his pocket. <laughs> Murder bot. Mm. Super tacos serving up justice. And Zoo PD. Zoo PD. Okay. Oh, I got a lot of winners this time. <laughs> so far, the titles are not filling me with optimism. <laughs> we'll start with the first pitch. The 1989 toy brand, Monster in My Pocket. 
That's what I heard. Is getting a live action series thanks to producers Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith yeah. and their Westbrook Studios. Produced by Matchbox, the small rubbery figurines depicted a diverse array of mythical and monstrous creatures, each with its own distinct characteristic and abilities. The toys were initially sold in blind bags. The Monster in My Pocket line led to the creation of various play sets, accessories, and the video game. The producers are currently meeting with writers to take on the challenge of turning this brand, which includes over 200 pocket-sized collectible monsters, into a series. David Borstein, head of Script to TV at Westbrook, said in a statement, quote, We've seen a real thirst for projects rooted in nostalgia. Monster in my pocket had such a major impact on our culture, and we're excited to dive into the what? rich. You're in marketing, you know. I just have to describe the moment when everybody just started looking at each other <laughs> quizzically when I said that. And we're excited to dive into the rich, captivating legends of these beloved characters, bringing new life to such an iconic brand, unquote. Iconic. How do you feel about Monster in My Pocket? Is, is this because the uh, the Mask series <laughs> fell through? <laughs> Look, I'm in Probably. marketing, and I can, I can enjoy a good lie, right? But... You know, for the big stuff like that, that's obvious fucking terrible lies. I like it, it hurts a little bit when I gotta <laughs> when I gotta whip one of those out for some marketing copy. Did any are you got any of you familiar with Monster in no, my pocket? I have heard yes. of it. The end. What is it? Yeah. What is it? He I, described it. He just described it. I thought I gave bag, a very little monster. Put it in your pocket. I thought I gave a very Boom. good description. That's yeah. it. Game over. No, you don't take it out. You don't throw it on the ground with your friends. You if don't pull out your make, cards. If and, they can make an emoji movie with Patrick Stewart, they can do this. Do you remember the little rubber wrestler's muscle? Yes. Do you remember homies? No. If you remember one of these two things, it's kind of like that, but monsters. Yeah, just little tiny. Wait, I do remember little homies. I was like, is this for like for ghetto kids? What is this? I don't want this. But wasn't that your street name? Ghetto kid? No, little homie. No. No. It might have been monster in my pocket. <laughs> What's the next pitch? Pocket monster, maybe? Pokemon. <laughs> Apple TV Plus is producing a new sci-fi series called Murderbot which is based on Martha Wells' award-winning novel series, The Murderbot Diaries. The series is being developed by About a Boy creators Chris and Paul Weitz, the, paranormal telev the Paramount Television Studios. <laughs> I like the paranormal one better. Yeah. Paramount Television Studios and Alexander Skarsgård is set to star in it and produce. The official description for Murderbot, quote, Murderbot must hide its free will and complete a dangerous assignment when it all re really wants to do is be left alone to watch futuristic soap operas and figure out its place in the universe, unquote. The first book in the series, All Systems Red, and the story is set on a distant planet and follows, quote, a team of scientists that are conducting surface tests shadowed by their company-supplied droid, a self-aware sec unit that has hacked its own governor module and refers to itself, although not out loud, as Murderbot. Scornful of humans, all it really wants to do is be left alone long enough to figure out who it is. What do you think of Murderbot? Well, I've definitely heard of the series, and I know it's won awards, so there's that. Yeah. It's out there. It definitely is a, a book series out there. That's 
certainly a much more promising pitch than Monster in My Pocket. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So far, that wins out over Monster in My Pocket. So far, second, second. <laughs> so far, we're going into up. it. We have a winner, <laughs> <laughs> which which means you know that they're more likely to make Monster in My Pocket. Oh yeah, yeah. I, they remember they made a Bratz movie. They'll mm-hmm. make Monster in My Pocket. Sure. Got to do something with the IP. They bought it. MGM Plus has announced Super Tacos, serving up justice. From writer-producer Elana Pena, who did Diary of a Future President and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, the comedy action series follows, quote, two former superheroes who trade in their capes for aprons as they embark on a new adventure serving tacos, but their time f- uh, crime-fighting history won't let them be. With the help of their trusty <laughs> side... time-fighting history this won't let God lip they- them to be? Boy, yeah. Lip, meh, meh. Mm, past the half hour. <laughs> uh, <laughs> crime fighting history won't let them be thank you and with the help of their trusty sidekick a talking taco named taco what <laughs> barry was on board until that last phrase max and maria are determined to make their city a safer place one taco at a time unquote uh, pena says quote super tacos shows that being a hero isn't always about doesn't always mean wearing a cape and fighting epic battles sometimes it's just about serving your community and making a difference in the most unexpected waves unquote no 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 that no 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 talking taco davy holmes who is part of get shorty and shameless is executive producing talking taco name taco name taco yeah you know this one sounds so absurd it's probably one of the real ones I don't give a shit about anything else. There's a talking taco named Taco. It's probably somebody dressed up in a taco outfit like the mascot for the truck. I don't know. <laughs> I'm seeing Mr. Poopy Butthole all over this. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> Jeff the writer had come in with that idea, but Barry the producer <laughs> changed it. What if it's no. a real CGI talking taco named Taco? Uh, how does it talk? Does it have a mouth on the side of the taco? The, no, the you know the two flaps of the taco. Yeah, right? so it's a soft taco, not a hard taco, because it'll crack. I guess. I mean, you got to think about these things. Or how will it work? Or it's a stale taco. Or the meat's been sitting in long enough that it's gone soft and can fold. Yes. Oh. Or it's just a stupid taco. <laughs> you're yeah, over. But, you're yeah, over. But how? But how does it work? You're well, overthinking it, kids. Does it have feet? Is it ambulatory? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, it doesn't say if it's uh, animated or not. So I'm assuming with the taco, it's animated. But. I bet it. Hovers. Yeah, that's not an assumption you should make. <laughs> It's, it's um, and it speaks like just, the Guardian of Forever. It's Justin Timberlake in a in a mascot costume. Okay, now you're selling. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's coming on down to Taco Land. <laughs> <laughs> it's Josh Gad. You're literally tore Steve's soul out just now. Yeah. I, I, that is one thing go. I did forget. That I did finish up the second season of Wolf Like Me. Oh, really? Yep. And uh, you don't seem happy. So on brand it. with the whole well, Gad thing. I, yes. No. Because it's because Josh Gad wasn't horrible in it. Mm. I, I think it's because he had a script and a director. But oh. that's, you know. Wow. 
And finally, Zoo PD. Fox is developing a new animated comedy series titled Zoo PD, spearheaded by the executive producer of Family Guy, Alex Carter. Uh, Zoo PD follows the police force, quote, stationed inside the eighth best zoo in California and their attempts to handle the unruly customers and improve the park. The show hits upon the hard truth. At the end of the day, we're all just animals, unquote. Capital Entertainment and Fox's Bento Box Entertainment are co-producing the series, which is Capital's second animated comedy series at Fox following Housebroken, which had a two-season run. How does that hit you for Zoo PD? Fox always tries with these animated shows, and I don't know. I'm sure it'll get made, but I'm not interested. (laughs) Yeah. Fox doesn't really have a good track record with animated series like Simpsons or, or American Family Dad Guy. Or Family Guy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I assume they're funny. I haven't watched any of those in years. See, I was thinking at uh, what's that? The what is it? Zootopia. Zootopia. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I was thinking that it was some kind of spinoff of because they're cops, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. So, but well, I mean, and, and Disney owns Fox now. So. You know, yeah. I would watch a TV show starring the sloth guy. <laughs> <laughs> So there you have it. Monster in my pocket based on the toys from the 80s. Murderbot based on the book. Uh, Super Tacos with the taco truck with the superheroes in it. And Zoo PD with the (laughs) police department of the 8th best zoo in California. Where do you lay your green light? (laughs) We'll start with you, Steve. None of them are grabbing me. But I will go with what is it? Killer robot, murderbot, murderbot, murderbot. Only because of murderbot, it's got some decent pedigree, and Alexander Skarsgård is usually pretty entertaining. Jeff, um, I'm also gonna go with murderbot. It's the only one that sounded remotely intriguing. Yep. Vlarg. Tacos. <laughs> I want to see a talking taco. <laughs> I want to see what wisdom a taco has for me. Oh and is it an God. American taco or a real Mexican one? I want to know. The man's intrigued. K. Murderbot. Is it a Choco taco? Oh, God. No, it's played by Michael Pena, though. So. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can I change my vote? <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit. <laughs> All right, well... Uh, Right out of the gate, Murderbot's going to be the winner of our green light. So there's no doubt on that. Uh, would you like to place a guess if any of these are fake? Murderbot. <laughs> All right, Steve says Murderbot. All right, <laughs> Jeff. Um, God, what was the last one again? Zoo, uh, Zoo PD. I think that's the fake one. Zoo PD. Vlarg. Tacos. <laughs> it's K. Tacos and Zoo. Tacos and Zoo. The, the only reason I think Murderbot is not real is because I think I heard Alexander Skarsgård connected to another project. But I may. Well, what? He gets around. Yeah. I mean, but this you, is a series. You, you're only. Yeah, what? Eight episodes? Okay. Yeah, that's. 16 yeah, weeks. Yeah. He's ready for another. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I Go guess. for it. The fake one this week was sent to us by pitchman extraordinaire Pat Spurl. And that is Super Taco serving up justice. <laughs> wow. I and, can't believe you guys were fooled by that. <laughs> it just seems so bizarre. It's like, yeah, that's probably something that'll get I me. wasn't fooled. 
<laughs> and that means monster in my pocket, murder butt, and Maybe. Zoo PD are all in some form of you development. Know I know how I you know I this game is solved for me. Oh. This game we play, it's solved. It's solved. It's solved. Do you know how? Right. G- give me the solve. It's simple. If I like it, if I want to see it. Sure as shit, they're never going to make it. The crap I have no interest in, oh, yeah, totally greenlit by the studios. Simple. Pick the one I'd like to see. Tacos? Fuck you. Fake. Yeah, simple. <laughs> and if wow. you, you have a pitch for us, write to us. Comments at GeekShockPodcast.com. Put pitches, bitches in the head, and then give us your pitch. And then uh, we'll put against uh, some... Some maybe some real ones, maybe some fake ones. That's yep. what I got that week. But you know the formula. Don't make it so I'll like it. Part. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say, Pat, uh, you've got the gauntlet has been thrown. You uh, you have the challenge now. You have to make some uh, uh, Vlar just say, I hate this so much, it must be real, and it's fake. Uh, make it um, musical hats. <laughs> <laughs> on Netflix. On Netflix. Don't like musicals? Not much of a hat guy. <laughs> and I want to thank our tier two members, Mike M, Mama Ninja Scoop, Heidi Johnson, David Highbriar, Scoop Bucky, Aaron Esquire, Minty Scoop, Two is One, Leon Mitt, Scoopy Ramon, Gelato Steve, and David Farrar. And of course, our tier four members, Deb T, J.R. Conkle, and our tier five members, Jeff Harris, Bad Martron, Glumly, and Atomic Gumby. And a special thank you to our theme song creator, Sam Heffernan. That song's The Burning Light. You can find that music at SWH Music on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitch. And our red light, green light theme song writer is Justin Nozick, a.k.a. Froyog Soft Serve. You can find his awesome music at theplaguephysicians.bandcamp.com. And, of course, you, beautiful, wonderful listener, for putting up with our officer to gentleman shenanigans. <laughs> and until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. I want tacos. With Professor Biggs. We'll talk to you next week in Geek. He's really, yeah. He's upset. I'm upset. I'm tired of this crap. I'm always every time I'm disappointed by red light, green light. <laughs> just sitting at the end of the episode, ready to piss me off. That you know what pisses me off? Not that I can't, don't get to see a talking taco in a fun way. I don't know. I think I, it's pissing you off. That what's pissing me off is that those other shows are being made when shows like the Taco Show and other such shows are not being made. Well, really creative shows. Now, don't you know? There's nothing creative about Monster in My Pocket. There's nothing creative about. Uh, what was the last one? Zoo PD. Fucking Zoo PD formulaic shit. Um, yeah, it, the it, other one's a, a, a remake of a book or whatever. It's great. Fine. But <laughs> Talking Taco, dude. <laughs> Starring Michael Pena. Um, well, first of all. And Justin Timberlake. <clears throat> wow. Bring okay. it on down to Taco Town. Yeah. <laughs> Not all of them get made. Most of these proposals fall flat. So, you know. I want to go back. And do it all over, but you can't go back. I know. Oh, you know who has this? I want to go back to I literally was thinking that. You know who has this information? Why, it's funny. Jeff Harris. What? You know who has this information? What? It, what you're asking for like like the list of previous red light green lights yeah. what was actually made yeah. do we have a spreadsheet he probably has a spreadsheet yeah. who can generate this for us yeah Jeff get on it <laughs> someone I think I, I do think that it's actually uh, sad that we don't keep up with it and find out what happened it's like if you remember Todd then oh okay but if you don't remember then Oh, I, I don't. You just don't keep up with this. We need uh, like an intern. All... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we... <laughs> you got to pay those now. 
Uh, really? You can't get away with an unpaid intern that's good for exposure? It's not anymore. For yeah, <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> Think of the past. Uh, I'm not that interested. <laughs> <laughs> because I realize that all I'm going to do is just be ready to be disappointed by new things on TV. And I'm I'm already plenty disappointed by what's new on TV. Uh, or as Barry calls it, Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. Or whenever new things come out. Yeah. Well, Sunday. yeah. There, there are movies out there about, called Talking Tacos, but they're porn. Ah. The taco isn't flat; it's standing on its end. Yeah. Yeah. I let the show go on too long. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there's lots of. <laughs> oh, you should have cut it off. us, listeners. There's no lifting the arms on that one. <laughs> Just oh. Self-high five. No. Uh. I got all of you to just hate. You. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you did. did. That's yep. right. Champion. Champion.